I'm pretty sure, I'm not a doctor, but I'm pretty sure if the cancer dies, I mean, if you die, the cancer also dies at exactly the same time. So that, to me, is not a loss, that's a draw. That's a, you know what I mean? It's 12.01, the witching hour. You're listening to WKMF, Cozy Corner Public Radio. You are cleared for departure. Your destination, the late night fright. Commencing transmission in five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to the Late Night Fright, right here on WKMF, Cozy Corner Public Radio. I am Dan, and with me as always is my co-host. She's the terror of Tokyo, the cunning kaiju. She's Faith. Say hi, Faith. Hi, Faith. Big Monster Month concludes here on the program. It's a journey that started with 1953's Beast from 20,000 Fathoms and continued with 1957's 20 Million Miles to Earth. Last week, we encountered dinosaurs in Steven Spielberg's Jurassic Park from 1993, and tonight we feature an award-winning film from Japan starring one of their greatest cultural exports. Toshiro Mifune? Not Mifune, but a good guess. Karaoke? Thankfully, no. Before we get to this evening's film, we would like to welcome all of you from all around the world, be you a spook, specter, astral traveler from Dimension X, or just an energy vibration from parts unknown. Welcome one and all. We are so glad to have you here. We would especially like to welcome any pissed off nuclear lizards who may be joining us. That might have something to do with tonight's film. It might. Faith, please introduce the film on the slab for post-mortem this evening. Tonight we have 2016's Shin Godzilla, the first Godzilla film to win the Japanese Academy Award for Best Picture. This is also the first film in the Godzilla series that is a reboot and not a direct sequel to the 1954 original. Like that original 1954 classic, 2016's Shin Godzilla is an allegory. The original dealt with the aftermath of the atomic bombs that were dropped on Hiroshima and Nagasaki during World War II. This film deals with the 2011 Tohoku earthquake and tsunami, which then led to the Fukushima nuclear disaster, the most severe nuclear accident since Chernobyl in 1986. In a movie series that has seen flying malts, three-headed dragon lizards, robot lizards, and flying turtles, Shin Godzilla is a return to the more serious and contemplative tone of the 1954 original. This is also the first film in the series since Godzilla 1985 that does not feature Godzilla fighting other creatures. Which is okay because Godzilla is scary in this. Really scary. Pour yourself a cup of coffee and get ready to take a trip to Japan with us. 2016's Shin Godzilla is up. We are going to take a short pause for our coffee calls. You are listening to The Late Night Fright right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. We'll see you on the other side. Faith, 
Godzilla really did a number on Cozy Corner last month. I wish there was some way to know when the big monsters are headed our way. Host of the Late Night Fright, never again will you have to fear the Kaiju. Kaiju? Gesundheit. Ha ha. I kid. Join me, Yoshi Yokohama, for the Kaiju Report, right here on this fine American radio station. I'll keep you up to date on all Kaiju activity. Do you know what to do in the event of a Kaiju attack? I usually look right into the camera and scream, Godzilla, before running for my life. Ha ha ha, my American friend. Very funny. Never again will you have to do that. The Kaiju Report will give you all the information you need to survive attacks from all our Kaiju friends. The Kaiju Report, only on this fine American radio station. Ha 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 ha. Scary ghosts, creepy serial killers, horrible horoscopes. Open Shutters is a creepy podcast guaranteed to make your skin crawl. Join hosts Barry Marino and Philip Landry as they take you on a hair-raising journey recorded in the most haunted city in America, New Orleans, Louisiana. Open Shutters is available on Spotify, Anchor, Apple, Google, and many others. Enjoy the view from the open shutters, but don't fall out of the window. Welcome back to the Late Night Fright, right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. Before we go any further, let's have a quick coffee check. Faith, what do you have? I have White Awake's Donut Shop Blend. What are you having? I am also having the Donut Shop Blend from White Awake. This one has a cute little hippopotamus on it. Yes, it does. They make a great coffee at a great price. The pods are 100% compostable. They are amazing. Uh, If you cannot find them in your local grocery, you can find them online at wideawakecoffee.com. We're not making any money off of this. We're just coffee fans, and we like to share good coffee with our listeners. Please check them out. I can vouch for... Uh, their Seattle-style dark, their hazelnut, their southern pecan. There's there's a lot of good ones. Oh, yeah. A lot of good ones. This is a good blend. We have a pretty good movie tonight, so let's get to it. Tonight's film was directed by Hideaki Anno and Shinki Higuchi from a script by Hideaki Anno, and it stars Hiroki Hasegawa, Yutaka Takanuchi, and Satomi Ishihara. It also stars a gigantic nuclear-powered lizard named Godzilla. Maybe you've heard of him. Released on July 25th, 2016, Shin Godzilla received critical acclaim from Japanese critics and features a CGI Godzilla that was rendered using motion capture, but the effects department made the decision to make its skin appear rubbery, like a man in a rubber suit. Some things shouldn't change. No, they shouldn't. Viewers looking for kaiju carnage will find it, but they will also find a movie that deals a lot with the human characters and drama of the story. Decisions here have consequences, and we see the decision-making process in length at times. The destruction feels very real and very personal, and the film celebrates the resolve of Japan and its citizens. Tonight, we will be scoring Shin Godzilla in one category, overall film, and in lieu of stars, 
we will be awarding it gigantic mutated nuclear lizards. Faith, what did you think of 2016's Shin Godzilla? And we should mention that this did win the Japanese Best Picture Award. Mm -hmm. First Godzilla film to do so. Yeah. No, I absolutely love this movie. I'm a little, I want to say shocked. Uh, Sometimes with movies that win awards like that, you know, we we see on this show a lot, sometimes those awards don't necessarily mean anything. But, um, yeah, I could see actually why this would win an award. It's so, it's really good. It's really good. This movie surprised me, I think, maybe more than any movie we've done on the show. I had seen some clips of it and I had heard really good things about it and you see that it wins the best picture and that should say something. Of course, awards sometimes don't but really mean anything. That's what I was trying to say. Like, yeah. we, you know, sometimes I see movies that win these awards. I don't get it. But, you know, go whatever. So, <laughs> so I had seen some footage from it, like a trailer and mm-hmm. you see Godzilla in it and it looks fantastic. You know, it looks classic and new. And I honestly, I didn't know much about the movie watched the movie and was so pleasantly surprised at what this was. And let me ask you this. What was your expectation going into the movie? Because I I had some expectations, but what were yours going in? I'm not really sure. You know, I kind of just went in this thinking it was a newer made monster movie that kind of would look the same as most of them these days. I don't know, because I feel like there's something special about these those classic kind of looks to monster movies and... I don't know. I feel like I wasn't going to be as impressed, maybe with the with the whole story, you know. But I really, actually, I was I was surprised. I'm a Godzilla fan, mm-hmm. and the the series starts off very serious. We did an episode on the original Japanese version, Gojira, mm-hmm. as it's called, uh, the 1954 classic. Now that movie was made into 1955's Godzilla: King of the Monsters, that was released here in the United States. That uh, incorporated footage of Raymond Burr. They basically kind of shot a new movie around the pre-existing footage for Western audiences. So uh, you get the same idea, but right. But that 1954 movie is so personal to, mm-hmm. to Japan, and it really deals with the identity of Japan after World War II mm-hmm. and those two bombs and, and what a... Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Just what a... Uh, that, that's something. I mean, that's, you know... Yeah. That had never happened in human history, that, that, that you know, an atrocity yeah. of that magnitude. These two nuclear weapons are deployed against, you know, a population right. like that. And that's something. Yeah. That's something. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not, <laughs> you know, I'm really at a loss for words to describe what that is. You know, nuclear, devastating. Uh, devastating, tragic. Yeah, it's tragic. Yeah, I mean, it is. It's tragic. It's tragic. And so... The series starts off on a very somber tone, and then it quickly turns into something else. It quickly turns <laughs> into uh, really weird monsters, and then it turns in, in the 70s to almost professional wrestling, <laughs> where literally in, uh, I think it's Godzilla versus Megalon from 1973 with the robot Jet Jaguar, Godzilla <laughs> is tapping in, okay? Like, they're, he's tagging into the fight and is doing roundhouse kicks to... To this, uh, to this awful beast. And listen, and there's so much fun, you right. know. And the beautiful thing is you see the the uh, progression of J- uh, Japanese identity. You mm-hmm. know, they're trying to get their feet back on the ground. They're trying to deal with this awful tragedy. And then they really start humming, and it's fun, right? right. And <laughs> and it's fun. Okay, so then we cut, get to this movie, and they're dealing again with some 
pretty serious stuff. Mm -hmm. I think this is interesting because this is not a sequel to that original 54 movie. All the other movies in whatever timeline, because there's 31 of them at this point, you know, are always a sequel usually to that original film. We'll forget what happened in the other movies sometimes, you Mm -hmm. know. So there's like reboots and redos and reduxes and whatever, reductions, you know, in this series. So it's a little, it's almost as difficult as the Halloween timeline. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so this is really bold because we're rebooting Godzilla. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we have these two awful incidents. You had the tsunami and then the Fukushima meltdown. And not only are these incidents that affect the people of Japan, these are incidents that affect the entire world. world. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this is a pretty relevant movie, I think. And where the original movie deals with the identity of the Japanese people, this one really deals with the resolve of the Japanese people. And listen, I'm a fan of Japan. I oh, like yeah. Japan. I like Japanese cinema. I like Japanese culture. I, I've always had an interest in it. Uh, some of that comes from watching movies. Some of that comes from my love of Star Wars and the influence of uh, Japanese religion and culture on mm-hmm the world that George Lucas created. But uh, I I think it's just an amazing, amazingly unique place. And it was really nice spending some time with, with, with these people Mm -hmm. for this movie and, and getting an insight into the culture. I was, the thing that surprised me the most was what this movie was. And this movie really was a disaster film and it was dealing with the people who are dealing with the disaster. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was going to say that it's, it's a monster movie, a big monster movie, and then it's also a disaster movie at the same time kind of playing along with each other. And I, I don't know about you, but I like disaster movies because I like to kind of see how people react to certain situations. I almost like to put myself in those situations when I'm watching it. But no, that's that's kind of what I was doing with this movie, like these decisions they were having to make and the effect it would have. You know, it's like I liked getting into that world and being in Godzilla's world at the same time, like seeing that all play out. It was pretty cool. It was really neat for me watching it because what I what I really liked about the storytelling was the people, the, the governmental officials and then the scientists that were following, because we're following the two, two strands of, mm-hmm. of people, and I'm not even going to try to... Uh, you know, go with the character names or anything like this because I was I was having some trouble following. Now we watched the English language version of this because we made the decision that we didn't want to read the movie because we wanted to concentrate on the visuals. What I appreciated right. about I don't know if they do this in the Japanese version, but in the English version, they're putting the characters' names on screen as you're yes. meeting them. Because one of my biggest uh, issues, and it's not a problem, it's it, it's my issue, is sometimes with, with these names, with Japanese names, I, and it's hard to follow who they are. Yeah, exactly. And this is what, but this is also what makes reading War and Peace such a such a, uh, uh, a sludge, you know, because you have all these Russian names. They're not familiar to English, right. you know, uh, speaking uh, people for the most part. So, but... Um, I thought they did us all a solid by putting the names up. So you at least kind of knew who they were. Mm -hmm. And I was just remembering them by their faces and who they were in the story. (laughs) Okay. But what I really liked about it was, you know, we're looking at this as audience members. We have at this point, like 70 years of Godzilla movies. You know, we know what Godzilla is. We know what what he's doing. We know what's getting ready (laughs) to happen. Right. Well, these people don't. Mm -hmm. And I like that you're watching them gather information and you're watching them have to take this in and the thing is, 
you know, we love seeing Godzilla rampage through Tokyo. We, we do, right? We love seeing him of fight, <laughs> fight other creatures. Well, you know, those fights and that rampaging does have consequences. And I think in a way you can kind of equate Shin Godzilla to like the Christopher Nolan Batman movies in that they're trying to make a little more realistic film, mm -hmm. uh, something that's so extraordinary, but they're trying to really ground it in reality. And it is grounded in reality because he does function at times throughout this story as an earthquake and a tsunami and then as a nuclear kind of meltdown. And right. I think it's uh, I think it's really fascinating. Allegory really works. The other thing, too, is it really feels at times like it's married to that 54 original film yeah, because of does. the tone and uh -huh. and it's it's saying something about about the time. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Know? So. I just think it's a really good film. Really, I was I was really so surprised is. by this movie. I was surprised at what it is because mm -hmm. I was waiting for the kaiju carnage. <laughs> but what I got was something that was really thoughtful mm -hmm. and uh, uh, emotional at times yeah, it and was. real world stakes. And let's get to the big guy because the big guy is in this movie and the big guy is really interesting. I think I, I've we've never seen him like this before. He's uh, been feeding down there on on the uh, nuclear. Uh, uh, waste mm -hmm. and he comes up and he looks a little different he goes through evolutions as the movie goes on and i like the scientific basis for what he is doing he's uh cooling himself he's he's exerting the nuclear uh waste right from him which i thought was really interesting through these like gill-like <laughs> structures yeah. and he has a red tint to mm -hmm. him and, and he's going through evolutions mm -hmm. and then he eventually evolves into the monster that we all know and love and when each iteration is really scary, but when he turns into like the fourth evolution, I think it is when he comes yes. up and he is Godzilla, the Godzilla that we recognize. Uh -huh. He's terrifying. He is terrifying. When he goes nuclear, it is absolutely awful. What was your impression of Godzilla in the movie? What were you expecting going in? Because uh, I'm going to equate it to something else that we, we like to talk about here on the show. But what was your ex expectation of Godzilla in the I movie? I expected him to already be this this form that he was going to stay in for the most of the movie and i liked that we got to see him kind of evolve through it but i didn't expect him to to look the way he did when he was glowing purple and just shooting radiation out like that is really cool that's one of my favorite looks of anything i've seen in a movie recently <laughs> it it reminds me of what they did in this movie with like the Elm Street series where in the very first film, Freddy Krueger is very dark and mm -hmm. very terrifying and very scary. And as the series goes on for better or for worse, and, and it depends on your perspective of the thing, but it becomes a little more comedic in tone. I just said that, you know, in Godzilla versus Megalon, Godzilla is tagging into a fight with Jet Jaguar and it's awesome. And that's a, a GIF or GIF, however you say it, yes. that you can get pull up <laughs> on your phone. You seem like, you know, jumping, uh -huh. you know, you know, doing the roundhouse <laughs> kicking is great. And I love it. And, and it's amazing and fun. And, and, um, I remember seeing that movie as a kid and just, just loving it. And if you want to understand the late sixties, early seventies, Godzilla movies, you really just have to look at them through the lens of professional wrestling. Cause that's really what exactly. they were. This is so far removed from professional wrestling, but you know, the Freddy Krueger character kind of became pop culture and, and we've talked about this on the show, like the slashers in particular are now kind of cute and cuddly commercial icons. Like you can get stuffed Freddies, right. you know, and keep it on your bed. Freddy, 
uh, Freddie Valentine's, mm-hmm. you know, uh, same thing with Jason, yep. you know, and, and they're on all of these things and they're not quite as terrifying to this generation as they were to the generation, you know, when they originally came out. Right. And I've spoken to that before where I was a young child in the eighties and Freddie scared me. It, the yeah. idea terrified me. The look of him scared me. Now it's one of my favorite things in the whole wide world, <laughs> but it's still a scary idea. And then Wes Craven comes in 94 and does New Nightmare, and we really get into the heart of what that character is and why it's Mm -hmm. so terrifying. And here, I feel like Shin Godzilla, it's not as meta as New Nightmare, but it gets back into the heart, because Godzilla is a scary creature. Oh, yeah. And that's what was, was striking me as I'm watching this movie, is he's not in it much. Mm Mm-hmm. I would say he's maybe got 30 minutes of screen time, if that, and it's a two-hour movie. Mm. But the 30 minutes of screen time counts. And there is some stuff that you see in this movie that I've never seen in a Godzilla movie before that was that was really blowing me away. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay with the screen time because what we get is so quality with right. him. You know? Well, it's almost like a Freddy Krueger thing. Isn't he only in what? 19, 12, 12, 12 minutes yeah, of the original I mean, film. So you kind of get that same thing going from that you know you don't need so much of it yes you probably want more of it but but you're also dealing with him throughout the entire movie the whole movie the is whole, really yeah about the whole him. movie that whole tone of the movie is about him even when he's not on screen it's about him so exactly. you still feel him so. exactly and um you know and and what i love here too is the stakes are so high in this movie uh spoiler alert if you haven't seen it because godzilla is rampaging through the city Godzilla will let his nuclear fire off because he has to, biologically, he has to let it off because the creature will die if he doesn't do it. So biologically, he's doing this. He's not doing it maliciously. It's just just, part of who he is. And um, so he's doing that. But then also the United Nations in the the United States have banded together and say, hey, we're going to drop a nuclear bomb on this guy because he can evolve and come and get us or, or propagate. And so now you have the ticking clock where you have the Japanese people are having to evacuate and they're going right. to drop this bomb on Tokyo. And the scientists are like, no, we, we have a plan to do this. And I love that because there's tension and drama in the story. And I'm yes. like, no, I don't want them to drop a nuclear bomb exactly. on Tokyo. And, how, and my thing was like, how dare they? How dare they do that? You know, yeah. uh, that's awful. Like, shouldn't we try to find other solutions to this? Yeah, and, exactly. And these brave science and smart scientists. And they were fun, too. I enjoyed I did the too. actors and I the characters. Um, yeah, I actually didn't want, you know, a lot of them to get hurt or anything to actually right. happen to a lot of them, you know. Right. And uh, the movie also brings up the idea of nationalism. Listen, I don't want to go too far down the rabbit hole, but for some reason, nationalism has been branded a really dirty word these days. Not exactly sure why. I think there might be an agenda behind it. Nationalism in and of itself is not a bad thing. These people are proud of their country. They do not want anything bad to happen to their country. And it shows the resolve of the country because they're like, let us figure this out and fix it and figure it out and fix it. They do. And you're rooting for these people the entire time. Yes, you are. I also enjoy the fact that they don't make the United States out to be some kind of villain, you know, You, you can see where the other side is coming from here, but you're definitely rooting 
for the Japanese people oh, yeah. to pull this off. And spoiler alert, guess what they do? Um, <laughs> and it's really interesting how they do it. I'm not going to tell you how they do it. Oh, Watch I thought the that movie. Was so cool. It's very, very cool and very scientific and, and yeah. really falls in with what the character uh-huh. is in this movie. And like I said, he functions as an earthquake and a nuclear reactor. Yep. So <laughs> really, really cool. Really well done. Really cool. What did you think of the uh, look of the creature in this movie? Because this is one of the first times, possibly the first time, uh, that he's CG yeah. uh, with motion capture, which I think is really great. Mm-hmm. So you, you still kind of have a man in the suit, but you you also don't. Right. Um, I, I love the look. It, it felt very classic. It, it didn't did. feel like like an update so much, you know, it's just a progression of that original idea. And I love that they tried to make it look rubbery. Right. That's kind of what I was saying earlier about like the older movies, like the older uh, big monster movies. A lot of them were just so unique looking with their monsters. And I feel like as, you know, technology and things kind of improved, they kind of go overboard sometimes with the look of things. At least I think so. Like sometimes they can just almost look I don't know. They don't have that same feel. And I feel like he really did. And he was, I, lo- I actually, I love the look of him. He was terrifying. <laughs> yeah, he was terrifying. He was. Um, and they actually do use score from the 1954 movie in this. Yeah. Like uh, at, at when he reaches the evolution where he's the Godzilla that we recognize and he comes up out of the bay, mm-hmm. they're using the 1954 score and they use that same piece of music as the end credits for this. And there's some really beautiful operatic moments in this film when yeah. he's uh, when he's becoming nuclear, um, and they use this, this. It was beautiful, beautiful, really, really beautiful, thoughtful music. The, and the scene was just beautiful. Just the look of the whole scene, yeah. I thought was beautiful. It was amazing because there was so much beauty in this movie, and yeah. there was so much carnage, you know. And mm-hmm. the carnage was was beautiful in a weird way, yeah. you know. And uh, I like the stuff where he's underwater and you're seeing him in the canal, it looks like, or the river, I should mm-hmm. say, it runs through the city. And you're seeing, like, uh, the, the boats bob up and down yeah. and and all of that. And you see him coming on land and uh, just just the, the destruction that he's, that he's you know, know, that he's bringing. I know. You know. It's really good. It's a really good it movie. Really I can good. see why Japanese critics really really fell for this yeah. as, as hard as they did. And it, and it was met with sort of indifference in the West from what I was reading. And, and I, do, I really don't know why, okay. why that is. Hmm. Um, it's a movie that you don't have to read too hard into because it's right there. Yeah, it's right there on right the screen. There. If you know what's been going on for the past 10 years, you, you get it. And uh, at the end of the day, I think it's a, I think it's a great message. I think it's a great message. And uh, I think they did the character a great, Great service here. They bring him back to his roots. It's 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 an allegory. It's scary again. Yeah, it's and uh, it makes you think. Mm-hmm. It really makes you think. I know. I know. I was going through. I was going through a lot of emotions watching watching the film. I mean, didn't you put yourself into their Absolutely, shoes? Absolutely, and you're kind of like, really, what decision would you make there? Absolutely. I mean, it was the human drama was really great. Now we've talked about big monsters this month, obviously, and one of the things that we have really clued in on is that uh, sometimes the spectacle can be greater than the human characters mm-hmm. and the human drama. There's a lot of human story going on here. Now, yeah. one of the criticisms against the movie that Western critics had is that they feel like there's too many subplots with some of the characters, and I can maybe buy that a little bit. Yeah. Can maybe buy, but I really got invested in I did too. in the story that was happening yeah, and and these too. characters, and I didn't want anything bad to happen to anybody I in the either. story. 
But then it's weird. I didn't want anything bad to happen to Godzilla either, you know, because he's just doing what he's what he does, yeah, what he does, what he does. And in that respect, he's a lot like Jaws and, uh, you know, that the shark in that film yeah. and the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park. Like exactly. we saw, he's not portrayed as a villain, per se, as it is. It's just this abomination of nature that is. Yeah, you know, right. and we have a lot to do with that abomination. And like I said, there were a lot of thoughts and emotions going through my head. And uh, as someone who has survived a natural disaster, a flood, the uh, uh, Faith and I both, there was a thousand-year storm in our city, and uh, you're unprepared for something like that when it starts raining and just keeps raining, and the forecast doesn't call for it, but it just keeps coming, and literally the perfect storm. And then all of a sudden, before you know it, you have six inches of water in your house. And then yep. that six inches of water turns into three feet, feet yeah. really quickly. Yeah. And if you've, if you've never lived through something like that, I hope you never have to. Um, but we, luckily enough, we, we all made it and mm -hmm. families made it. And uh, listen, at the end of the day, stuff is just stuff, exactly. you know, but uh, I was thinking about that experience watching this movie quite a bit because, yeah. you know, it, we were, Faith and I both were in a reactive state during that, there was not any kind of proactive, you know. No, you don't have time to sit around and time. plan. You just have to. You just have to do it. You have to. And I feel like that's what they were doing in yeah. Shin Godzilla with the governmental side of this story. Yeah. So, really, really I, good I, stuff. Yeah, I did like that. They mentioned like you know, you can't prepare for a tsunami, but you can kind of s stop with him and maybe make more of a plan. You know what I'm saying? Like. Yeah, I feel like they were discussing that at least, unless I'm imagining things. No, they they absolutely did. Yeah, because you can't. I mean, if a tsunami's coming. What are you gonna do? But at least with him, you can maybe have some type of, you know, plan of attack or right or something. Right. So I thought that, I thought that was cool that we were getting into that kind of. Yeah, they really like I said they were really telling. It was almost like a Law and Order episode, except you know it had <laughs> it, you know Godzilla, you know. Um, they really took you through the process. They really let you feel the decision-making process and the way it weighs on people and the way it was yeah. weighing on the prime minister. And uh, I'm sorry, I, I don't know the actor's name that played the prime minister, but he was excellent in this he film. Was. Absolutely excellent because you see these decisions weighing on him. Sir, we can we can uh, send missiles to Godzilla. Wait, there are people in the city. Abort the mission. Yeah. Like, you know, because you want to save your people. Yeah. You know, and then I love too that the whole thing is not let's go destroy Godzilla. It's like, wait a second, are we going to try and contain it? Are we going to try and kill it? Are we going to try and incapacitate mm -hmm. it? Like, what's you know? What's and the and then you're you're watching the uh, the scientists and all the uh, decision makers collect data on it. Mm -hmm. And like I said, we have seventy years of Godzilla movies behind us, and these people are seeing it for the first time. So it was right. it was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, I loved it. It was pretty cool. Seriously, one of the most surprising movies I think that we've done on the show just because I, I was, I didn't know what to expect going in and I was really pleasantly surprised and I let myself go on the journey. I did too. Which, which I was really proud of myself for going, oh, okay. Oh, oh, we're doing a serious movie. Right. Okay. Yeah. I was saying earlier, I, like, I, I wasn't necessarily going in with any type of major expectations, you know, just kind of like, let's see what happens. Yeah. What for what it is, it's really amazing. It's really good. It's really amazing, and uh, if you're if you're not into Japanese films, maybe this is a gateway drug into Japanese yeah. films. I'm into the Akira Kurosawa 
uh, collection. I'm into uh, Mifune and, and, and all of that. There's some really wonderful films out of Japan. And if this is a movie that helps get you into those films, more power, yeah, exactly. more power to you. More power to you. If you have not seen the original 1954 film and the 1954 Japanese version, Gojira, I love that they do make a, uh, they talk about the name in this, Gojira yeah. and Godzilla and the difference, you know, the uh-huh. Americans call it Godzilla. I love that. I love that, they, that they kind of acknowledge, acknowledge that. <laughs> and um, But if you've never seen Gojira from 54, do yourself a favor and watch it immediately. It is one of the finest films you'll ever see. I remember our impressions of that movie. And listen, we have an episode on that that's available. We did that a long time ago when, when we had just started the show. That movie left an impression on us, and we were both kind of wowed by how emotional the film right. was. And the fact that the monster's skin looked like the keloid scars mm-hmm. that survivors of the two nuclear blasts had. And there's a lot of really touching stuff in that movie Mm -hmm. and and i love the fact like i said that you can kind of trace the japanese national identity through the godzilla films and i think he's maybe he's maybe their greatest export yeah and i really believe that the japanese uh people should do the godzilla movies because i'm not a big fan of the american versions of godzilla so exactly that's kind of what i was talking about you know without dogging any movies earlier but (laughs) Yeah, those don't really. Yeah, yeah. I much prefer the the Japanese take on on Godzilla. There's just, um, you know, there's 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 cultural translations, you know, and there's right. some just really weird stuff in some of those mm-hmm. uh, movies, especially in the '60s and early '70s, and and it's just lovely, you know. It's just it's I love just going for the ride, you know, on it. You know. <laughs> yes, like I said, but um, it's really great films, lovely film. It's uh, it's it really works as a drama. It works really as a does. creature feature. And uh, I feel like, you know, this movie, and we did Jurassic Park last week, and both of these movies, you know, kind of get it right. They get that balance right between the spectacle and the human drama. And uh, and I love it when a movie has something to say. The great movies have something to say. And I think the makers of the original 54 picture would be really proud of this. I, I think, think so, I, too. I think this stands kind of proudly alongside that movie. It's it's, it's really good. Um and again, I enjoyed it. It's entertaining. It's yeah. entertaining. It makes you think, and it's kind of, kind of all that in a bag of nuclear radiation waste. <laughs> <laughs> so, good stuff. Good yeah, stuff. Yeah, I'm a fan. I'm a fan too. Okay. I, I'm really glad we did it. It was a, uh, it was kind of a last second pick. Mm-hmm. It, it had come up. I had it uh, earmarked on a wish list somewhere. And I was like, we're doing big monsters. We should. We should do well, Shin I'm, Godzilla. I'm glad you picked it. And I'm glad we did this and not like the legendary pictures, you know, that that series. And nothing against that series. Um, but I think this this just blew me away. How it, good it, it did is. me so, too. So if you haven't seen this, give it a chance. Yeah, give absolutely. Chance. Odds are you might not have heard of it, which is a shame. I hadn't heard of it when you when you introduced it, you know, hey, let's do this movie. I hadn't heard of it. So yeah. that's why I'm glad you picked it. <laughs> I am too. I am too. It's always fun to watch Godzilla. Always. What is it? What is it you love about Godzilla so much? That's a good question. It is it, it's fun, isn't it? Because it is. it's not a. It's not like a. It's not like a wish fulfillment thing. You know, you watch like the Incredible Hulk or something like that. That's a wish fulfillment because the Hulk can get angry and express yeah. that anger and rage that a lot of us feel day to day. Uh, it's not like uh, for men watching like a James Bond thing, male power fantasy kind right. of thing. Um, 
as I'm getting older, it's not like watching Freddy Krueger take out teenagers because they're stupid. <laughs> but uh, I, I don't I don't know. It's not that I identify with Godzilla, you know. No, I think he's, he's just cool. I mean, really. It just comes down to that. He's just, so it's a great universe. Yeah. Yeah, because you get uh, Ghidorah, you know, and Gamera yeah. and all these great, great uh, Mothra and these, these really weird... Uh, Yes. Creatures <laughs> off of it, the kaiju, they're fun. Yeah. It's fun. It, it, it really the end of the day, is. It's just fun. It is. You know. But uh, this one makes you think a little bit. Yeah, makes I like, you think I like a lot. that. I do too. Yeah. I do too. Well, we're going to take a very short pause. This is a news break, and this is a special news break. So we have a special guest newscaster. So you're not going to want to miss that. Not at all. So stay tuned for all of the fake news, not fit to print, and we will see you on the other side. I am Dan. And I am Faith. You're listening to the Late Night Fright right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. McDonald and this is the news. The richest girl in the world, billionaire Athena Onassis, celebrated her 10th birthday this week. What's it like to be the richest girl in the world? Well, to give you some idea, at the party, they had two cakes. <laughs> A new hangover-free vodka is on the market. Yeah, the ads claim that the 80-proof vodka is so pure, it's virtually headache-free. But before you run out and buy it, remember, it causes massive anal bleeding. <laughs> Julia Roberts told reporters this week that her marriage to Lyle Lovett has been over for some time. The key moment, she said, came when she realized that she was Julia Roberts and that she was married to Lyle Lovett. <laughs> Any music news, number one on the college charts this summer was Better Than Ezra. And at number two, Ezra. <laughs> and that's it. See you next week, folks. Very funny, Norm, and thank you. Thank you for everything. Thank you. Norm MacDonald, ladies and gentlemen. That was very sweet, Norm.
Welcome back to the Late Night Fright, right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. I am Dan. And I am Faith. We want to thank all of you for tuning in tonight from wherever you may be. Spooks, specters, astral travelers from Dimension X, all of you, and even those rampaging nuclear lizards. Exactly. <laughs> Our special newscaster this evening was the one and only Norm McDonald. Norm passed away this past week. Like all of you, we were shocked and saddened. And we would like to extend all of our deepest sympathies and condolences to his family and friends. We'd also like to extend our deepest sympathies and condolences to all of his fans around yeah. the world. We're fans. I, I'm taking this one very hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, it surprised me how hard I'm taking this one. And Norm MacDonald was someone that I think was one of the funniest human beings who's ever lived. And he was one of a kind, one in a, one in a Googleplex. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, what was it about Norm that you just loved? I loved his honesty and just how special he was and just just who he was. I, I really liked him. When you texted me, he passed. I was hoping you were talking about somebody else because you just said Norm died. And I was like, please tell me it's yeah. somebody else. And I, oh, God. I cried. Yeah. I did. I actually cried. I don't cry when celebrities die. I cried when he died. He mm-hmm. was one of my favorites. He was... Uh, the weekend update anchor on Saturday Night Live during some of my formative years. It was his delivery. Mm-hmm. It was the way in which he told jokes. He could meander and could take nine minutes from his setup to his punchline, and you're with him the entire way. There's never been anyone like him. We're not going to see anyone like him for a while. There's going to be a lot of imitators, but uh, he will never, ever be duplicated. Yep. One of a kind. Godspeed on the next part of your adventure, Norm MacDonald. Uh, uh, it, it really hurt. Mm-hmm. It really hurt. But you know what? He's in a better place, and we should be we should be happy. Yes, we should. Norm said something once. He said that it's one thing to make people laugh, and it's another thing to make them smile. And he always made me smile. And I sincerely hope that our little show here makes you smile mm-hmm. out there. I hope so too. I, I do too. And uh, that's why we do it. You know, we we want you. Uh, we want to bring a little happiness to your life, and for an hour or so, you can get away from what's going on in the world, because Lord knows what's going on in the world right now is very difficult, and if we can step away from that for a minute, catch our breath, talk about movies, talking about movies is fun, talking about horror movies is even more fun, and horror movies are a communal experience, and what a great community we have in the horror community and we just want to make you smile that's 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 why we're here uh we're not film experts we just really like these films and hope that we can get you to look at these films in a new light maybe see some things you didn't see before maybe get you to watch the movie again best of all maybe get you to watch the movie with a friend or have a conversation about the movie with a friend with some of the things maybe we talked about or some of the things that that you see so so, like Norm said, we just hope to give you a smile. God bless you, Norm. Good luck on the next phase of the adventure. I was talking to a good friend of mine. This is this is pretty funny. I haven't even told Faith this yet. So, my buddy Cade, we were talking about it. We're both just really broken up about it. And Cade said, well, man, you know, now Norm's one with everything. Norm has the answers. And then we got to laughing, like, wouldn't it be something if he shows up on the other side and... I don't know if it, you know, uh, if it's God or creator or some kind of emissary for God, you know, is there and he gets to meet him, you know, and, and, and he's standing there 
before this person. He's like, uh, hey, uh, all right, like, uh, like, what is it all about? Uh, uh, give me the answer now, you know? And like, my son, it is in the parable. It's it's in the uh, uh, riddle of the rice and pebble. Yeah. Yeah. Wait a second. That's it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't that be something? Yes. <laughs> all right. He was something. Uh, if you're not familiar with him, please check him out. Uh, uh, his weekend update stuff is available on YouTube. Uh, That's amazing. He was in Billy Madison. He was in Dirty Work. Uh, his stand-up specials are on Netflix. His albums are available everywhere. It's it's worth the time, and uh, it really it was really touching to me because I was in such a bad place with it for some reason. And I'm reading comments from people like me who who would go down the Norm McDonald rabbit hole every other week and they're having a hard time with it too so yeah so it's it's amazing and you hit the nail on the head he was genuine yeah he was very genuine and i think a very kind-hearted person that and we sense. and we instinctively kind of recognize that in people and he valued kindness and honesty and in others and he said he he was most happy with himself when he himself was kind and honest. He was kind and honest, yep. and uh, to his family, seriously, like our, our deepest sympathies because he was he was yeah, a wonderful he'll man. He'll be missed for sure. Big loss. Big That's loss. a big loss. Too young. Sixty one's too young. Way too young. Way too young. So genuine and honest. We had a movie tonight that was very genuine and honest. We were going to award it uh, gigantic nuclear fire lizards. Yeah, something like something that. like that. <laughs> In lieu of stars, Shin Godzilla from 2016, the uh, award-winning Japanese film that won Best Picture in Japan in 2016. So, Faith, how many gigantic, fire-breathing nuclear <laughs> lizards did you give Shin Godzilla? I went three and a half. I also went three and a half. I think we have the same complaint, too. I think we just wanted more Godzilla. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, pretty much. Yeah. I, I, I do like the ratio. I like what they do with it. He's very terrifying. But I did want a little more mm -hmm. Godzilla. Is there supposed to be a second Shin Godzilla? Well, he this this version of Godzilla is now the official face of Godzilla for Toho Studios. And okay. uh, moving forward, they have not announced any concrete plans, but uh, I imagine we're going to see more of this in the future. Yeah, when I was, I when I was looking it up, two popped up, so I was like, oh, okay. Maybe. I would like to see more oh, of this iteration. This is a really fine film. Please check it out yes, if please. you have not. So, Well, that does it for Big Monster Month. That brings us to Psy Frightmares. Ooh. Ooh. I think we have four pretty good movies picked out. I think so, too. Shall we go through the list? Yeah, and you know what's fun? I don't think I've seen any of these movies. That's awesome. So that's even cooler. That's even more fun. <laughs> it's been a while since I've seen these movies, so I will go first. Our first film uh, is The Blob from 1958. The director is Irving Yeworth. That stars Steve McQueen and Anita Corsat. Anita Corsat was in The Andy Griffith Show. That was one of Norm MacDonald's favorite shows. Learned that recently. The uh, very short synopsis here, a gelatinous alien entity begins enveloping everything in its path, and it's up to Steve McQueen to stop it. Now, we've done the remake of this yes. on the show. We both really like the remake. I like the original, too, so it's going to be fun to A-B these yeah. two movies. Faith, what's the uh, second movie? The second movie is Blade Runner from 1982, directed by Ridley Scott. It stars Harrison Ford. Let me see if I get this right. Rutger Hauer. Rutger Hauer. Okay. Very good. And Sean Young. Yes. 
an influential adaptation of a Philip K. Dick short story that features Harrison Ford tracking down rogue replicants led by Rucker Hauer. And I'd like to applaud you for not laughing when you said the last name, Dick. Thank you. I chuckled to myself. I the, wanted to giggle. <laughs> a little giggle. The third movie is Fire in the Sky from 1993, directed by Robert Lieberman. This stars D.B. Sweeney, one and only Robert Patrick. Big fan of Robert Patrick. Oh, yeah. Craig Sheffer, Peter Berg, and a, we got a legendary actor here, James Garner. That's one of the greats right there. This movie is based on the alien abduction experience of Travis Walton. It's been a long time since I've seen this movie, but it scared the ever-loving bejesus out of me when I did. The uh, They do the abduction and experimentation scene and... and pretty vivid detail and it's 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 terrifying okay truly horrific and uh this case it's based on an allegedly true case so there you go we have one more film up on the slab for the month what do we got faith the last movie is event horizon from 1997 directed by paul ws anderson starring Lawrence fishburne we have sam neill yet again kathleen quinlan and jolie richardson a missing ship housing a malevolent entity mysteriously reappears around Neptune. Very good film, too. It's been a while since I've seen it. This movie has developed quite a cult following. Did not do very well when it came out. But when it got on video, it's really developed a cult following in the uh, ensuing years. And I remember when I saw it, it it's another one that really creeped me out, really got under my skin. So I've heard a lot about it. I yeah. don't know why I've never... You know, watch it. It's going to be exciting revisiting it. So, like we have done for the past few months, we have these movies in a nice little Java Jig box. Java Jig. Java Jig. Who wants to do the honors? Faith, I think you get the honor this time. Now, if you've been following the show for any length of time, uh, the past two months as we've been picking movies, for some reason they have come up in sequential order. Let's see if this happens again. All right, I picked the movie. Here we go. Do you have it? What have we got? What's the first movie up? The first movie is going to be... Well, we're not sticking with our our nice little thing we had going on, but we are going to be watching Blade Runner from 1982. All right. Our first movie. Blade Runner, the future noir film. This is seriously one of the most influential films ever made in terms of production design and in terms of uh, special effects and story and things like this. This is a really interesting film. Uh, We are going to be watching, there's several versions of this movie out there. We are going to be watching the final cut of this film. So if you're following along at home, we're not watching the original cut. We're watching the final cut. And if you have any question which version that is, well, it's the version that doesn't have any narration from Harrison Ford in it. So that's, that's the one. And it will indeed say final cut because there's like four cuts of this movie there's the original there's the international version there's a director's cut from 92 and then there's the final cut that that changes the director's cut so we're talking about the difference i think of like if i'm if if i'm remembering correctly like 45 seconds of footage or something but they did take out significant chunks of uh there was like a old private detective like monologue you know he'd he'd Mm -hmm. talk over the movie you know, okay. uh, they took that out, and Harrison Ford didn't want to do it to begin with. Mm-hmm. Ridley Scott didn't want to do it to begin with, and so Harrison Ford did it as poorly as he could. <laughs> I love. And that. there is a difference between Harrison Ford trying and Harrison Ford not, not trying. trying. <laughs> <laughs> there is indeed. Wow. So a bl- part of me almost wants to just kind of hear a snippet of that. Yeah, just- we'll have to. We'll what we'll, <laughs> next week we'll do that. We'll pull up a snippet and we'll we'll play like uh, a little bit of the. the 
I want to hear him narration. not trying. <laughs> it is. It's Harrison Ford not trying. It's, it's what amazing. What do you think that sounds like? Well, can you kind of give me your, you know, what does it kind of sound like? Well, Hero was always a blind runner, and we're out there on the city, and this guy, he speaks, he speaks, <laughs> and I don't really know what the hell's going on. I just want to, I just want to go listen to Jimmy Buffett records. <laughs> Something like that. So, it's it. a good movie. It's a really good movie. I'm excited. Good film. Shin Godzilla is a good film. Check that out. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. We are so honored that you choose to spend a little time with us. It's a privilege and a pleasure to bring our little conversation to you. We're being listened to all over the world, and it's amazing looking at this little room that we're in that we're we're being heard all over the world. So cool. It is really cool. I want to thank all of you who have gotten in touch with us. You can at Late Night Fright Podcast at gmail.com. Mr. Michael Whitaker, told you we'd get to the blob. We're going to be getting to it eventually. Uh, we hope that you're happy, you're healthy, you're safe, you're sane. We hope that you're taking your vitamins. And we, uh, we're, we're hoping just for all the best for you. We're all in this together. Yep. The powers that be want to keep us divided. They want to keep us divided upon among lines of uh, race, creed, gender, sexuality, class, anything you can think of. Health. Health. <laughs> anything you can think of. They want to keep us divided on those lines. Faith and I don't believe in that. We don't live our lives that way. And remember, there are more of us than there are of them. And yep. when we stand up united, hand in hand, they're going to be really scared of us. Yes, they are. They're really scared of us already. Yeah. They don't want us to stand up. <laughs> so we're really glad that you tuned in. It's it's really an honor it to really do this is. show. And to talk about something like Shin Godzilla, it's, it's amazing. And uh, next week, talking about Blade Runner is going to be a lot of fun. That's one of my favorites. I can't wait. So, well, feels like it's that time, doesn't it? It does. It does. One more time. Godspeed, Norm MacDonald. Godspeed. You will be missed. And good luck on the next phase of your adventure. I hope you have a blast. I really do. (laughs) I really do. Thank you for the laughs. One of my favorites. Yeah. So here we go. On the count of three, can we make the magic happen? We have to try. Let's Let's see. see. Ready? One, two, three. There it is. Time to say goodbye. Time to say goodbye. Thank you all again for tuning in. Have a great week. We'll see you next time with Blade Runner. Faith, take us home. May your coffin be cozy and your sarcophagus warm. May the light of the moon keep you safe from harm. Be you vampire, spook, specter, or beast. Always remember, keep keep your your monster monster on on a leash. leash. Norm, it was a draw. We'll see you next time. Making the late night fright is a lot of fun, isn't it, Faith? 
What with all of the slashers, the creatures, the thrills, the chills, the kaiju. Gesundheit. Thank you. There's now a way for you to support the show. You can donate directly to the show to help us offset some of our operational costs. That would be our hosting fees and when we occasionally need to run a movie. If you go to our official site, thelatenightfright.podbean.com, and click the Become a Patron tab in the top right-hand corner, you'll find everything you need to help the Late Night Fright stay spooky. That's a lot of information. You're not expecting our awesome listeners to go back and write all that down, are you? Nope. If you check the show description, you'll find a link right to the site. Also, if the spirits move you, leave us a five-star rating on iTunes. That is always appreciated. You're doing the most important thing you can right now by listening. We appreciate you tuning in every week. We know you have a lot of options as to how you spend your time, and we are flattered you choose to spend a little time with us here in Cozy Corner. You can also email us at latenightfrightpodcast at gmail.com. That link is also in the show description. That's almost too easy. That's what she said. Thank you for tuning in and thank you for your continued support. Stay spooky.